0: In this episode, I speak with award-winning video content producer and top 100 marketer, Kate Schnetzer. Key points addressed were Kate's professional chronicle that led her to launching her video and content marketing company. We also discussed aspects Kate believes to be crucial when considering video content and the myriad of venues and platforms one's content should be on and why each platform should host bespoke content for your company and brand. Stay tuned for my wonderful talk with Kate Schnetzer. My name is Patricia Kathleen, and this podcast series contains interviews I conduct with women, female-identified, and non-binary individuals regarding their professional stories and personal narrative. This podcast is designed to hold a space for all individuals to learn from their counterparts regardless of age, status, or industry. We aim to contribute to the evolving global dialogue surrounding underrepresented figures in all industries across the USA and abroad. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to check out our subsequent series that dive deep into specific areas such as vegan life, fasting, and roundtable topics. They can be found via our website, patriciacathleen.com, where you can also join our newsletter. You can also subscribe to all of our series on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and YouTube. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the conversation. everyone, and welcome back. I'm your host, Patricia, and today I'm elated to be sitting down with Kate Schnetzer. Kate is an award-winning video content producer and a top 100 marketer. You can find out more um, regarding her services and everything we talk about on her website, www.kateschnetzer.com. That is K-A-T-E-S-C-H-N-E-T-Z-E-R.com. Welcome, Kate.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm excited to crawl through um, what you're doing. We talked off air a little bit and I know that we've had a lot of audience members write in and really um, want to get into video content production and, uh, wanted me to ask questions to an expert so I'm excited to kind of weave that into today's inquiry for those of you who that are new to the podcast I will offer up a quick bio on Kate but before we get to that the trajectory in which the line of inquiry will follow it will remain the same as those um, former in this series namely we'll look at Kate's academic and professional background and then we'll turn our efforts towards unpacking um, kateschnetzer.com and the services that Kate offers and all the different tools and aspects that she considers. We'll get into the launching of her company, the logistics, the who, what, when, where, why, how funding, all of that. And then we'll turn towards the impetus and the ethos, the philosophy, some of her client profiles, things of that nature. Then we'll look to unpacking goals that Kate has for the next one to three years with her professional endeavors. We'll wrap the entire podcast up with advice that Kate has for those of you who are looking to Get involved or emulate some of her career's success. A quick bio is promised on Kate. Kate Schnetzer is an award-winning video content producer and a top 100 marketing leader. She helps female entrepreneurs leverage their expertise to build their high-level persona brands, um, persona brand personal brands and empires through video, social media, and high-end online marketing, so that they can grow their profits, audience, and freedom. Kate believes that every woman deserves to live their life by their own rules and believes that online personal brands are the way to achieve it. She owns the digital marketing agency Kate Schnitzer Marketing and is the founder and director of the production for Female Entrepreneurs TV. She holds a master's in business administration and when she's not fulfilling her passion for creating profitable video marketing for her clients you can find her gardening in her dream six acre woodland vegetarian homestead with her wife son and beloved rescue pets so kate i love that um i you know i Definitely, am, am not alone in knowing that video content and um, incorporating those aspects It's, its, I think it's reached every business imaginable. I can't imagine one succeeding without that. But before we get to unpacking what you do and your companies and things of that nature, I'm hoping you can draw just a quick uh, platform of your educational and professional history that led you to launching your companies.
1: Sure. So it's actually, I think like a lot of entrepreneurs, um, a strange trip. Um, I started in social work. I just wanted to help people. So I went to social work school, got a bachelor's in that, um, worked in nonprofit uh, for a while and just decided I needed more freedom. I needed um, more autonomy and I still wanted to help people and I wanted to figure out how to do that. Um, so I went back to school, um, got my MBA, really wanted to focus more on healthcare care, um, healthcare businesses still kind of staying in that helping realm. And um, decided to, after having my son uh, and and just kind of struggling with a new mom thing, decided to open a, a early parenting center for new parents and uh, brick and mortar here in St. Louis. And so ran that for several years over time. um, That was not actually doing that great. (laughs) And uh, I was trying to run a nonprofit as a for-profit and learned a lot of things along the way Um, and then learned to bootstrap my own marketing campaigns. And that's where I developed a love for video marketing and content marketing, because I was able to put out uh, video content use that in a multitude of ways that we'll talk about in a little bit i'm sure um to create tons and tons of really helpful content that also brought brought me lots of business so um took it from uh, basically a year <laughs> in the red to a six figure business but i had that bug um for video content wanted to help more people so um after a few years and just kind of doing it for other people here and there on the side uh, launched Case Nutzer Marketing where um, we do this full-time and we specifically work with coaches, experts, speakers, people who are trying to make an impact in the world uh, by getting their video content and all their other content out there.
0: That's cool. Let's unpack it a little bit. Um, There's a lot of different areas. I feel like you can go broad or you can become niche, you know, and you, you talked about speaking a lot with coaches and people that really need to get their personal brand, their services, who they want to service out there. You yourself, in your own empire, it feels like could service, you know, one pe- one person or not. But there's a diagnostic situation happening, right? When you're helping someone get video content that's really going to. Um, personify them, do you work in conjunction with those people's um, coaches themselves? So for instance, let's take a life coach who's particularly trying to help CEOs. This is a frequent person I interview, a profile on the show a great deal, someone who's dealing with really high level um, women, female identified, non-binary individuals, and they've, they've narrowed in on that particular kind of person that they're helping as a life coach. Do you yourself, when you go in, um, deal with like their publicists if they have one or do you kind of just deal with the the person you're servicing the brand you're servicing and what are your some of your criteria that you decide listen we we need to get this content up to help you what is your process
1: so everybody's a little bit different especially in the personal brand space Um, they all have different team setups Um, some have publicists some do not some have business consultants some do not some have large teams some have small teams Um, Which is why a lot of agencies, uh, especially for marketing, struggle with this particular demographic. It's because it's not one-size-fits-all. So anyone who comes in, we do an assessment from the beginning just to make sure that we're a good fit. But we are looking at who do we need to deal with, who do we not need to deal with, what is going to make the most impact in that client's business and then we take it from there. We have clients um, who share a mutual, uh, my publicist, we all share a mutual publicist, and we work one-on-one with her in conjunction with them to make sure that everything is flowing and everyone's in communication. Uh, But it really depends on the the actual individual and what's gonna work best for them in, in pushing their business forward. And they're all at different stages. You know, some people are looking to scale to group programs. Some people are just looking to um, you know, get more um, eyeballs on their YouTube channel. And so those campaign goals will always impact what the plan is before that to reach the goal.
0: Do you have to design the goal? Have you ever had a client that just said, listen, I just need help. I got I to get some content. Do you go in and have to say, let's find out what, what your effort is here, what your intention is? Or so- do people come to you knowing?
1: Uh, most of the time they have an idea, but they're not quite, they don't maybe maybe don't have measurable benchmarks and goals that they want to reach. Um, so we do explore that with them. Um, I have a really, um, uh, genius business partner, Joanne, who does all that strategy with them and figures out, okay, you want to do this, but what does that mean for the numbers and how do we actually get there over time to reach them because marketing, it's not usually, you know, we do some content and then overnight, you know, there's leads and there's people flowing. We have to figure out how to sequentially move them towards that actual number goal. So usually we're really doing that as we're helping them fine tune the goal.
0: Absolutely. Let's get into some of the logistics of it. So when did you found the company? Did you take funding? Did you have co-founders? Was it you alone? Was it you and a team? How did that work?
1: So it started when I still had my brick and mortar, so I had some, I guess, shared bootstrapping power from that. Um, I just kind of crossed, I used a lot of things that were at my other business for the new business and just slowly Um, built it from there and took out, took on one client then took on two clients and I did everything myself in the beginning. So I did all of the actual um, social media management. I ran ads. I did website design. I did the video that fed into all of that. I just did it all myself. Um, I would ad hoc some VAs here and there um, just to do some things, but for the most part, it was just me um, and so that's been probably about five or six years that I've been doing that, mostly full-time transitioning into um, the full business. Uh, about a year ago, I brought on a business partner, uh, Joanne, who handles all of the strategy and oversees all of the team. We've slowly built a team over time and uh, she just oversees all those things so i can travel to clients deal with the kind of big picture creative and 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 really kind of build relationship uh, with people in the community as well
0: absolutely what um what area do you do if do you do it all do you do you shoot do you film do you do post-production editing all of that which which areas do you function in yourself personally
1: so me i really focus on the i actually usually fly to the client or they fly to me um, I do all of the actual video, we plan it ahead of time, so we plan all the content to make sure we're getting the most out of it. Then I handle, I have editors, but I do the initial edits, the rough cuts, then I hand it to my editors. Um, and then I oversee on a monthly basis all the actual implementation that's happening, that the numbers are hitting what they're supposed to, um, and I can make changes to the content from there. Uh, most of our clients, when they shoot with us, they stay on a retainer with us so that we can manage their content and make changes to it if, you know, if it's not performing the way it's supposed to be. So I'll oversee those pieces.
0: It's interesting. Is it common for the industry now? I mean, this this kind of new attribute of minding, you know, um, when you talk about numbers, I'm assuming that you're talking about the social media revenue and, and hits and things like that. Um, I'm wondering, is that common now with video content or is, you know, back in the day, not too long ago, kitties, um, it used to be, you know, 10 years ago, even video production and things like that, that you, you were produced a video and what you did with it and how you monetized it was your business. This new aspect of keeping someone on and making them, um, kind of this guardian of it is, I think it's thoughtful and wise. And it's, it's the area that most people need the utility of, you know, the production is, is key, um do you find that you're kind of one of the only people doing that or is it a common thread
1: i'm one of the few people doing it and the way that we do it i haven't heard of anyone else doing it so well so i love pretty video and i love you know my videographer friends and my filmmaker friends and making something just beautiful and and artistic and creative but for um business owners that doesn't necessarily sell anything for them it doesn't necessarily build an audience um, there are many, many pieces that you can't understand how to produce video and then how to distribute it strategically unless you understand all the numbers and how things perform and the industry. And so that's where I think a lot of people, when they say, oh, I, went to, I spent 10K or 20K on video and it bombed. Well, it's just because they were handed a bunch of video and then they like threw it out and just hoped it would do something magical and it just doesn't work that way. So um, what we do is we spend four days with folks we shoot all of their content that we've planned in a very certain way, we structure in a certain way, and then we're usually able to get six months worth of video content, social media content, blog content, any kind of thing that they need uh, from that four days of shooting. We, our copywriters, take it, make more posts, our copywriters, take it, make more blogs, we make audiograms, we make clips, we make beams. So, theoretically, that person can literally only spend four days plus any of the planning that we do, and we're able to take care of them for at least six months um, in, in making sure all of their content's going out. So we, we have a really systematized way to do that, and we've learned it over time out of necessity and trying to get people the best results, and it's, and it's been working really well.
0: Absolutely. It's there's a lot of reverse engineering that even you kind of alluded to within that, um, given the different platforms, you know, there's time limits on things and social media platforms that you want to share things on um, requirements, there's all sorts of things now that it feels like, you know, instead of just going in and trying to identify, locate, um, which is difficult enough, you know, the nucleus of one's brand and crystallize that in a very beautiful voice. Then you have to think about all these other parameters. Do you find that changing a lot? And also, what do you think the top contender for the main format is? It most important to have this sixty second um, blurb out there, or what? What is like your top shining star of what you produce um, as far as film content?
1: So for our space in particular, and we're mostly you know we deal with a lot of B two B coaches and a lot of coaches who are just kind of like higher ticket um, coaches it's not necessarily the 60 second which you might see with some of like the b2c like i'm selling a widget i'm selling a product Um, it's more of a combination of episodic videos every week so that might be two to ten minutes depending on what their content is supportive video that kind of feed that traffic over to it Um, and then a certain amount of live streams every month where they're interacting with the people because for this space especially it's really important um, that nurture that nurture piece of it um, is the way to push people into all of your programs and make people raving fans so we kind of have to do a one-two punch with this particular industry and making sure that they're checking all of those boxes off and all of the content really supports really nurturing them, turning them into clients, turning them into raving fans. It's a process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. An ever-changing one too, right?
1: Yes, yes.
0: if you have someone who's specifically targeting Gen Z, you know, or millennials or boomers, you know, or like all of these different generations carry different formats, you know? Um, I personally believe my parents might be living on Facebook at this point, yeah. you know? and. Yeah. My daughter was like, "Is it still a thing? Is it around?" So disparate areas and and avenues you can approach to benefit and um, and detriment, I think, simultaneously. Uh, we had a lot of people who wrote in asking about um, like specifically about devices. So let's talk hardware and software. Um, what are you filming most things on and um, and what ha- if it varies, like have you ever filmed on an iPhone 10? have you or you know have you have you gotten to that place yet and if so or if not why
1: so when we're with clients we shoot on gh5s that are kind of beefed up to get the best results we usually have two to three cameras running but these are kind of higher production um, events and we're also using each of those cameras for a very particular thing so we can create lots of other pieces of content like we're always thinking if you're talking for ten minutes I wanna make 100 things out of that 10 minutes. So I'm always maybe going a little bit extra (laughs) in that process that most people don't really have to worry about if they're home. When I am um, just doing my own videos, I'm always just on a webcam um, when I'm on live streams or anything like that and uh, I'll go on my Samsung Galaxy, don't tell my Apple phone, but I'll use those all the time. When I first started, I used a phone uh, pretty consistently um, to do my video at the beginning and what I always tell people, it's not as much about the gear as much as I love gear, but like a super tech nerd, it's just part of my who I've always been. It doesn't sell you anything. It doesn't push your business forward having a $1,000 phone versus a $10,000 camera. In the end, it's about the content that you put out and how you leverage it, uh, and how you're able to really connect with an audience. So, um, if you have a phone, an iPhone, you use your iPhone. If you have a webcam, use your webcam. It's more about what you say and how you put it out there and how you use it.
0: Well, let's get into how you leverage things. Well, no, sorry, I have to back up. I get ahead of myself. Um, software, is it Final Cut Pro? What are you editing in? And when, when you were starting off in your infancy of your career, what software did you use? And would you um, advise that people can use if someone was getting into the industry and kind of starting things out?
1: So I find Final Cut Pro to be um, one of the better uh, video editing softwares, and I feel like it's not uh, A lot of people use Adobe Premiere Pro, and I find that that has a a big, big learning curve. So if somebody's really looking to do more more high-level video editing, and they are in the Apple stratosphere, then I would recommend Final Cut Pro. However, I've seen some really amazing um, content cut on iMovie or whatever the um, yeah. the free software is, it depends on what you want to do with it. What I would say is start with whatever you have that makes sense to you, get a really good feel for that, and then slowly move to the bigger softwares. Um, then you're going to be able to take your, it's just kind of like an easier transition when you already know the basics of how to edit a video, then when you move on to something more complicated, it's just kind of, you're just kind of learning the the tools.
0: Absolutely. And with YouTube tutorials, I feel like anybody can kind of get there. I think jumping in with too much utility, it was like Photoshop back in the early aughts, you know, Mm -hmm. any dropping their photos into Photoshop had better know what they were doing because otherwise it was just like, yeah, find a different print, you know, it was too much. Uh, I love, I love software, but there was just too much packed into a lot of packages and I agree. I've seen stuff done on, um, edited on iMovie that took me aback. I thought, you know, for a long time that anything pretty had to be done and dropped into Final Cut Pro and that was ridiculous and elitist and silly. Um, There's, you can do anything, especially the new, the new generation of talent. I I, I swear they could, you know, edit it in the air in front of me somehow. you talked about leveraging content, um, and I think this is a really crucial idea, particularly you know with what you do in your business, but also for people who are listening and bringing in talent like yourself to kind of help them with that. It's it's important that even if you don't know how to, that this is something I believe is you know as a business one marinates on. Um, can you kind of speak to the core values of of how you um, help clients leverage the content you produce for them?
1: So one of the biggest um, holes that most people have when we, first, when we first meet them and start talking about taking them on is that they're not able to really understand A, what kind of content is actually good content for their audience. They think that they repeat things all the time. They think that they are somehow not likable. They have all of these things, right? It's hard to read the instructions inside of the shampoo bottle, right? You just don't know how to what's important, what is, how do you simplify things? What's too complicated to talk about? So that's one of the first things that we really sit down and, and look at people, look at with people is what's actually gonna, what kind of content is actually gonna move the needle for your business that's actually going to achieve the campaign goals? A lot of people just go on live and just like, oh, I'm live because, and, and doing a video, and uh, you know, and, but there's no actual intention behind it. So that's the first thing we do is we figure out what's going to work, what's going to really make them shine, what's going to drive those people into their funnel, into their pipelines, into their world, and then we start to plan from there. The next thing we always try to do is figure out how do we get the most amount of really effective engaging content that either educates, engages, entertains it really grabs the people that they want to grab. Like, how do we plan a lot of content that we can get in four days? <laughs> because we're always thinking that like four days, how do we get in four days? And what can we do with that over six months? And so that a long time, a lot of times, we've just been doing it for a long time. So we just kind of know what to do. But in the beginning, it took us a lot of planning, <laughs> a lot of trial and error, a lot of Us not getting the right things at shoots and learning our lessons. (laughs) Um, So that's the next thing that we always try to do is figure out how we get the most. Then, once we actually get all the content, it's about using it in the most strategic way possible. We don't want to just put out hundreds of pieces of content just to say, hey, client, we put out hundreds of pieces of content. We want to put out enough content that really keeps people interested that really keeps people moving through their pipeline that really keeps people buying their book whatever it is that they're they're wanting without kind of overdoing it but really still making the people feel like they understand what the person is saying they have something to offer to them and uh, figuring out what content like we talked before about you know different people are on different platforms The types of content that we put out on LinkedIn for people is different from the kinds that we put out on Instagram, so that's also part of it. So if you're understanding where you wanna go with the content, how you wanna achieve it, what's gonna actually be interesting and engaging to your audience, and then how to actually put it out on all the platforms consistently every single day over time, if if you can crack that code, then it's magic from there
0: yeah absolutely how do you go about new client acquisition yourself and has it changed since you launched i mean a lot of people start off with the you know just um who they've known right who's in their rolodex um, their virtual rolodex to date how has it changed since you launched or did you always start off with unknowns
1: no it is uh probably evolves every year or so it seems like i'm doing something totally different in the beginning i was just working with local service providers that i knew um, in the parenting space. So just like, Hey, you want to do some video content, some social media, you know, cause I'm like just figuring it out. Right. And they trusted me and liked me. And so they just let me do stuff. And, um, so over time I just got really good at it. And then people started to find me in my community. Um, eventually I went actually onto Upwork for a while to figure out, okay, like what are, you know, what are people looking for? What are the deliverables people want? Where are the holes that I can fill? And I would take some jobs from there, get great reviews, but get a lot of experience working with different types of businesses and figuring out who I wanted to work with in kind of a controlled environment, you know? Because they've got like ways to do it. So I was just kind of getting, figuring out what I wanted to do and who I wanted to help and have. And um, that was a really, really great experience actually for me. Um, It also helped with pricing to see like what people, you know what do people even want to spend it was like all over the place it's so weird uh eventually i just started networking with um other folks i started getting referrals word of mouth just kind of the organic um just organically progressing um then i started really on linkedin probably for a year the majority of my folks were from linkedin and those were just conversations that i you know i put some content out um i you know connect with people and I'd have conversation with them and then we'd get on a call and we I wasn't really even trying to sell them I was just you know can we help each other bah, bah, bah. if not no, no big deal then we stay in contact if so then we work together um, now we run ads um, we do um, cold outreach we do all sorts of different things to bring folks in and um, so now we've gotten a little bit I don't have to be at the helm of it now <laughs> which is nice Uh, We've had pretty much people just coming in on autopilot now.
0: Have you yourself ever sought counsel or mentorship um, as you, because throughout all of your processes, you've described incredible change and shifting and that, um, has it been self-governed or has someone kind of helped you um, ascertain what needs to happen next? You know, being a boss, I think one of the, the, most ripe things that young founders find out is that nobody advises you as, as to what to do unless you go out and seek that role. And nothing happens unless you do it. You know, and this idea that you need to know what you do to do before you do it is daunting. so have you have you sought advice? Did you have advice in the beginning? a mentor, a teacher, anyone?
1: Yes, so um, I always kind of have like a feeling about what I want to do and how I want to do it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'll know how to execute it. And I feel like if there are people out there who can do it way better than me and teach me how to shortcut it, I'd much rather pay them money (laughs) to help me do that instead of making very large uh, mistakes. Mistakes are part of it and that they're great learning experiences, but if I can avoid the big ones, I do. Um, So pretty much along the way, I've done um, different courses, different coaching, depending on what I needed at that time. Everything from Todd Herman's productivity 90 day year and just making sure, because I had no idea Like before when I was a social worker, my days were filled with how do I meet uh, whatever the grant goals were. And like, I never had to think about it. I just, that was my day and that's what I did every day. And when I became an entrepreneur, I had to manage my days and my nights and my weekends and people and I had no idea what I was doing. So um, just learning that was a huge, huge piece of like learning how to manage my day, my week, my year um, in a way that was not, same because that's kind of how it was for a a few years Um, i took um courtney foster donahue helped me with um, some online course bills how um, i recovered the parenting business um, is starting to sell those and and using the content to sell those Um, i've dealt with lots of different coaches over time who serve very different purposes for example i don't actually i'm not very good at sales and i like i like to prospect I can talk to people all day long and get them really excited about working with me, but like actually like closing them was never my strong suit. So I worked for uh, six months with a sales coach um, on not only getting better at sales myself, but developing a sales team and a sales system that I could actually take myself out of because I didn't enjoy it that much. And now I just take prospecting calls and then I hand them off to our salesperson, and I never have to. I can just have fun with the prospect, which is my favorite part. I just want to like get to know them and get excited about their project, and I don't have to actually push them on money, which is great. So that helped. Um, there, we've worked with agency agencies who help you streamline all of your SOPs for, um, you know, all of your systems, your processes, all of those sorts of things. So I always feel like there's somebody out there. You sometimes you have to find them and. The nice thing about this space and the online space is that you can find somebody who specializes and has done exactly what you want to do, and then you can follow them and what they do. So it's not like you're just like, oh, I'm going to go to the Small Business Association and I'll get somebody who's never done an online business on social media. It, they could teach me certain things, but I really need somebody who has done this exact thing in some shape or form that I can follow or that I can listen to and they get it. That's what I love about online coaches and programs. It's just so easy to find them if you're if you're willing to, um, to reach out.
0: Yeah, find and vet. We had a guest on one time that was saying, you know, it's so easy to vet coaches now. You follow what they're doing and if they're worth their salt, they have a lot of free content up, you know, that really helps you fine tune that um, matchmaking that needs to take place with a proper coach. Uh, people swear, you know, by a, a proper coach, mentor, whatever they're calling themselves, advisor. I um, think that they can really help people crystallize, push their bottom line, change the life, change the business, all of it. So, and there's a lot of people in that space right now. You can find the perfect fit. It's um, it's good to hear that. You know, I I've, I don't think I've yet to come in contact with someone's like, no, it's always been me. I'm just this natural born genius. It takes a village, you know, a <laughs> sole founder. I've still looked. COVID. Let's talk the pa- pandemic um, for you personally and, and uh, as far as your company is concerned, um, did you pivot? Did you have to pivot? Uh, how has that changed things? You film, have you gone to the place where you're looking at virtually filming? How have you kind of incorporated it into your business plan?
1: So we were actually surprised that we didn't take much of a hit during COVID because so much of our work is in person. Um, we we just didn't um uh, people were still signing people were just delaying their flight plans and just waiting everybody kind of waited for that little lull so i did a bunch you know we did a bunch of shoots then i, I still had people signing up for shoots and they're just like oh well let's plan it tentatively for this and then we'll move it if we need to um the thing is because we work with people on retainer um we don't work with everybody on retainer some people we just do their shoots, but. Um, if we're working with them on retainer now we can we just start them early and we use the live streams and the diy videos that they're doing and we repurpose those and then we just keep pushing and and moving around the shoot date um, as we can so we're pretty much doing the same things that we did before it's just normally we would ideally like to shoot before we do any sort of releasing of content or do any sort of marketing so we can just have it and just keep it and whatever that client does or needs to do and you know they can go do um but now we're just being a little bit more flexible um we are like launching a kind of done with you coaching program for online coaches where we're going to help them do some of the pieces but teach them how to do a fair amount of it themselves so even just planning their content marketing their content things that we would just normally take care of for somebody but it's not going to be for a five-figure coach, she's you know learning and and growing, um, so we are developing that. We were going to release that with uh, when COVID started, but we didn't need to. But we figure it might ramp up here, I guess, again soon, or it is. So we're we're planning on that and just shifting um, that as an offer. But so far so good. Luckily, I I was actually really really surprised. I had I had like multiple other plans, <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> and I, was I was just ready ready to shift and we didn't really have to so we were really
0: fortunate yeah it's interesting to kind of um incorporate you know i think anybody who ignores the social dialogue is destined to die a very fast death um and so incorporating you know the the concept of the pandemic and um future unknowns into video content you know and and to actually um, utilize it as, as something that, you know, you, you do want kind of in a kitty, if you will, you know, you want some back stock and things that you're providing your clients. I think that there's, um, there's a, another conversation to have with oneself over one's company or brand there. I want to turn towards um, goals that you have. Um, and I know that this has shifted for everybody, um, maybe a little bit less with you, but do you do one to three year goals as, as a business owner? And if so, what does it look like for you on the horizon?
1: So, one of them, we met already. So, um I, I mentioned before I uh, took on a business partner. I, I'm big into um, collaboration. I always feel like I always want to hire or partner with or joint venture with people who do things way better than I do. And um, Joanne was that person. She actually worked for me for a year and was like my sidekick, and it was just we were just we were just meant to work together. Um, so I brought her on and she does all of our kind of financial projections and keeps track of it all. Cause like I, it's not something that I enjoy doing <laughs> and she does. Um, so we've already met, our, but also I guess where I was going with that is that we're both moms and we're both um, in our late 30s early 40s and we have different goals than a lot of uh, our colleagues in marketing where they want to have lamborghinis and not that there's anything wrong with that but they want to have you know fancy vacations and this that and the other we do want to go to hawaii whenever we want to theoretically but our you know we're thinking about college savings you know we're thinking about making sure that the mortgage is paid we're you know we're trying to do all of these things that are um, you know, that we have a really great team that we can, like when we got insurance, like <laughs> for our team, it was like the biggest day ever. And I was like, I don't even know if I should announce it on Facebook, are people gonna think we're nuts? You know, cause I was just like, we could get medical insurance for our our team was just like the best day ever. <laughs> and um, so our goals are a little bit different, I think than most people in marketing. Um, so our we're all about sustainability. Um, something that we can leave behind to our kids. So our first one year goal was um, to hit mid six figures, which um, that was from the time I brought Joanne on. And we did that. I've just moved into my beautiful house on six acres. That was kind of a personal goal, but I also wanted to be able to host clients here uh, for shoots and to be able to do things um, kind of in my own space with my own equipment. So um, we did that. Uh, Our next goal is to launch the coaching program, which we'd like to match our revenue over about a year. So if we could make what we're making on the coaching end or the done with you end uh, with our agency end, that would just give us a lot more freedom of movement and freedom of um, just being able to kind of be a little bit pickier with who we work with, who we don't um, in the long term, so we can just get better results. Uh, for folks. so um that's our one year goal and our three year goal is mid seven figures. <laughs> so we kind of jumped um, after that. but I we're on track to hit everything. We make sure that each month we're looking at things, you know, what do we need to cut? What do we need to do? do we what do we need to hustle on? what do we, you know and we try to do our best with maintaining it. So um, so far, so good
0: well done. That's exciting. I love it when people are, you know, making and, and, and hitting those goals. It's it's a wonderful aspect of, you know, of doing things right, of of keeping the, the everything buttoned up, which sounds like you guys are. So I'm curious, um, we're running out of time, Kate, but I, I, we're at our final question. And I love this because um, it really helps me kind of crystallize with the guest. But so you're in St. Louis um, in a safe social distance at a garden or a park tomorrow and a young woman, female identified, or non-binary individual, pretty much anyone other than a white man comes running up to you and says, listen, um, we have someone in common, and I, they, they advise me that I find you. I've gone through a myriad of different careers. I've worked in the social work area. I've done a lot of different things. I've found like this great passion of mine. I'm getting ready to launch this content and media production company. I'm gonna start small. I'm starting next week. What are the top three pieces of advice you would give that individual knowing what you know now?
1: I would say start simple. Start with one product, one service. Get really, 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 really good at it before you start offering all the things, which I always have trouble doing. I wanna offer all the things. So just do one thing really, really well, and then you can add on from there. Um, I would say focus on the client and making them ecstatic about what you do rather than spending more time on gear and software and fancy tech stuff and um, taking every single course known to man to be the best at all of the things. Uh, focus on the client and what they need and how you get them there and in the end, you will learn the things that you need to learn um, about actually delivering for the client. And I would say also taking care of yourself is a huge point point. Um, and I don't really believe in work-life balance per se, but trying to find Um, Trying to find the middle ground of not not neglecting your family, not neglecting your health, not neglecting yourself, and um, maintaining healthy boundaries, making sure that you're taking care of yourself, making sure that you're taking time to develop who you are as a person. Um, It's very easy to get sucked into entrepreneur hustle life. And there's a season for that, for sure. Um, But just trying to stay cognizant of that you've got this one life and you can, you're going to be great. You're going to do all the things, but also taking care of yourself is really important.
0: Yeah, I agree. I love those. So I've got number one, start simple. Number two, focus on the client and their needs um, rather than bells and whistles and toys of that nature. Um, And number three, take care of yourself, cultivate a good balance and healthy boundaries. That's those are fantastic. I think they're good throughout all of life. Yeah, like this is not just business. You can tell someone to do that in, in general with any subject. That's awesome. Well, Kate, thank you so much for taking your time today. Um, I know that your story is going to be um, have great utility and uh, on a, a lot of platforms. But um, I really appreciate you taking the time to give us your rhetoric and just your honest opinions.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. For everyone listening, we've been speaking with Kate Schnetzer. She's an award-winning video content producer and top 100 marketer. You can find out more um, regarding her and all of her company uh, services on www.kateschnetzer.com. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. I appreciate all of you. And until we speak again, remember to stay safe and always bet on yourself. Sláinte.